Hey, I'm Jesse. We are almost done with the book of Acts. Paul has just dropped a truth bomb with Isaiah 6, verses 9 through 10. And it says that not everybody's gonna, not everybody's gonna believe. And some people are like, I don't believe. And then as they walk away, they actually fulfill the exact prophecy that they had a distaste for. Now here's, here's another kicker. Verse, one, uh, verse, verse 28, therefore let it be known to you that this salvation of God has been sent to the Gentiles. They will listen. It's entirely possible that some of those who disbelieved before and walked away, uh, in verse 25, disagreeing among themselves, they began to leave after Paul made one statement, the Holy Spirit was right in saying to your ancestors of the prophet Isaiah, and then he quotes the teaching from Isaiah, it's possible that some of those who walked away, walked away because of the word Gentiles. Paul just said the G word, and then they get really mad. I mean, th this has thrown the Sanhedrin into a murderous frenzy around Paul. This has gotten him into deep trouble before Agrippa. This has gotten him nearly torn apart multiple times throughout the book of Acts. So it's entirely possible that some of the people who walked away weren't even contesting that Isaiah 6, 9 through 10 described Jews in that present day and age. They probably walked away when he said the G word, Gentiles. Like they're all about God shining light down on Israel. They're all about the political interests of Israel. They're all about God fulfilling exactly what he said he would do through the prophets, exactly what he said he would do through Moses. Oh, that's great. Now shine that light on Gentiles. And they're like, I'm out. In fact, some of them have gone so far as to say, wipe this man off the face of the earth. Get rid of him. He does not deserve to live. Just because they don't want that same light that's shining on them to be sh shown upon Gentiles. So it's entirely possible that some of those who walked away, walked away because of their, their utter disdain for Gentiles. It was at the crux of the, the, the schism within Israel. It's also, it also provides the structure for the book of Romans. In the book of Acts, we see in practical nuts and bolts terms and like in a historic narrative, uh, the backdrop for what Paul writes in his later books. The very next book of the Bible is the book of Romans. In the book of Romans, Paul begins from revelational epistemology itself. Right? He begins with how deep down we all know that God exists. We're all without excuse. Let's just be real here. And I've seen that. I, the, the militant atheists that I've led to Christ all secretly believe. And then he goes on to expound upon how God, uh, God has made this covenant with Israel. And now, because of Jesus, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It's not just for Jews, it's also for Gentiles. Salvation was first for the Jew and then for the Gentile. In Romans chapter 11, Israel is described as this chosen vine, and the Gentiles are described as these engrafted branches. So uh, many of the Jews who listened to Paul were really digging everything that he said right up until he would say the G word, Gentiles. And then they would flip out and try to murder the dude. And that's probably where a lot of them departed at this point in his closing, the, 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 this closing of the book of Acts. Therefore, let it be known to you that this salvation of God has been sent to the Gentiles. They will listen. That's incredible. They were the, you know, the, the Israel's the chosen people of God. 
And now these Gentiles, these like former sun worshipers, these people who were rejecting God initially and following pagan faiths. And we had like little glimpses of Gentile salvation in the Old Testament. We saw Rahab give her life to Yahweh. We saw Ruth abandon and forsake Molech and Shemosh, the false gods of Moab, and, and follow Naomi and make Yahweh her God. I mean, we had these glimpses of Gentile salvation. The whole city of Nineveh could be one giant Gentile revival in the Old Testament. But this was pivotal, literally, in which the covenant that God had with Israel has been opened up. The covenant that God made through Abraham is now blessing all nations, really and truly. Modern day Christians can sometimes commit this same fallacy by hoarding salvation and thinking ourselves better than the unsaved. And that's hypocritical. We as Christians are recipients of grace. It's by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone that we're saved. If there is any ounce of self-congratulatory uh, thinking in your testimony, then it's inherently flawed. Uh, we, we can commit this exact same error when we look at non-Christians acting with the non-Christians act when they don't have the conviction of the Holy Spirit and we condescend to that. Rather, look upon that and see your reflection of your own sin nature and be like, that's exactly what I would do if I didn't have the Holy Spirit. Don't commit the same classic error that Jews would commit in thinking that God's work was just for them as a chosen political entity, a single singular nation. God's, God's work in saving the Gentiles means that in our context, God wants to save the people who are radically opposed to him. Would you pray for the radical salvation of members of the Taliban? Pray for the radical salvation of those who would currently try to indoctrinate children away from the truth of the gospel. Would you pray for the radical salvation of people who are far, far away from God? That's what it was, to pray for the salvation of the Gentiles. God did this in the book of Acts. He does this through the book of Romans, as we see expounded upon later. He can do it today. This is the book of Acts. It's still happening today. Let's apply our lives to this together. Are you ready? Go.